Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by TunnelBear, a simple privacy app that makes it easy to access a more open internet and browse privately. Go to freetunnelbear.com and use it for free. John Furlong's back in the news. Might have caught this earlier this month. The CBC reported that Calgary is looking to maybe make a bid for the 2026 Winter Olympics. The Canadian Olympic Committee set up a $5 million special committee chaired by John Furlong. You can see a picture of John Furlong smiling in that article. He is quoted at length. There is another story about John Furlong this past month in the press. Not in a lot of press, it was in the Taiyi, and it was on our website, on the Canada Land site. We broke the news. Our reporter, Robert Hiltz, had it. And that was the news that the Assembly of First Nations has voted to call for the federal government and the RCMP to open a thorough and impartial investigation into the allegations of abuse brought by John Furlong's former students. There are still dozens of people who say that John Furlong abused them when they were children in his care at the Immaculata Catholic School in rural British Columbia decades and decades ago. And the Assembly of First Nations, which is this country's largest indigenous political advocacy group representing First Nations from around this country, they want the federal government and the RCMP to finally investigate all of these claims. Now, the CBC had a news crew at the Assembly of First Nations annual meeting. And they were reporting on the things that happened there, but they did not report about that resolution. They did not report about John Furlong. 
not in that context. The CBC did report this month on John Furlong, but it had nothing to do with Indigenous people. The CBC and others earlier in the month reported that John Furlong is the chair of a committee in Calgary to pursue a possible 2026 Winter Olympics bid for the city of Calgary. $5 million committee and John Furlong, former CEO of the Vancouver Olympics, has been appointed the head of that committee. There is no mention in that coverage of the outstanding allegations against John Furlong, any of his legal troubles, any of the dozens of people who say he committed all of this abuse. The CBC, of course, has a partnership with the Olympics. They build themselves as Canada's Olympic network. Look, there is a reason why the words truth and reconciliation are so often found together. We all want reconciliation. That's what's in the air right now. That's what this government keeps talking about, that it is time to reconcile, to finally deal with it, to finally deal with this country's history and present but we cannot reconcile if there isn't truth. We do not know the truth of these allegations. The majority of these charges have not gone through the system in any way. They have not been investigated by the police. They have not gone through the courts. John Furlong denies the allegations, but has not told his side of it. He hasn't told anyone what actually happened when he was a phys ed instructor at Immaculata during a period of his life that he left out of his memoir. We just don't know what happened. We ask him... Every time we talk about him or write about him, we ask him for comment. His lawyers sent us a note. They said that he will not be providing further comment, reasserting his innocence and asking us to direct you to the ruling that a judge made in a libel case that journalist Laura Robinson launched against John Furlong, which she lost. It is a ruling from a case in which none of the accusers testified in which their affidavits were not entered into evidence. We get emails uh, every week from people who want an update on this story, who want an update on how the accusers are doing, on how Laura Robinson, the journalist who first brought this to everyone's attention, how she is doing, and if anything is going to happen with this. Now that it looks like something might, now that the Assembly of First Nations has asked for this investigation, it seems like a pretty good time to bring you this update. I had occasion to sit down with Laura Robinson this spring and ask her about this, and you can hear that conversation in a moment. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Sarah Keenlyside, Jeff Ryerson, Stacey Barron, Ben Hall, Keith, Michael Roman, Barb Justison, and Brendan O'Kelly. Brendan, why did you decide to be awesome? Because Canada needs more voices in its media, and Canada Land is helping to make that happen. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by TunnelBear, which allows you to access a more open internet. It gives you privacy. And if you are on vacation this summer, if you are browsing through the internet, doing all the things that we do, dealing with your banking, entering your passwords into websites through public Wi-Fis, airports, unknown connections where anybody could be snooping on what you do, consider using TunnelBear. You just turn it on and your bear tunnels to another part of the world. And everything you do will be completely encrypted using the highest level of encryption available. You just download the app onto your laptop, your tablet, or your phone, and then you turn it on and you will be protected. And the first 500 megabytes are free every month. You can start using it right now. You don't even have to give them a credit card. So visit freetunnelbear.com right now and check it out. This episode is also brought to you by Casper, who have made my life better every single night. I sleep better than I used to, and I got it for a lot less money than any comparable mattress that you would get in one of those very strange, large display rooms. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. It is an award-winning mattress, and they will ship it free to you here in Canada or in the U.S., and you will wonder how they got it into the box that they sent it to you. You can try it free for 100 nights, risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll just pick it up and refund you everything. It is made in America. Anyhow, I like my Casper mattress. I'm thinking of getting a Casper pillow. They sell those too. Check it out. Go to casper.com slash CanadaLand. And when you use the offer code CanadaLand, you will get $50 off of a mattress purchase. That's $50 off of what is already a very, very good price. Terms and conditions apply. Casper.com slash CanadaLand. Check it out. If I'm not mistaken, the last time we checked in on the John Furlong story, it was when Kathy Woodgate appealed to the government to say, why are you recognizing this guy? And won't you regard our complaints to the Trudeau government? Yes, that's correct. She wrote a letter in November uh, 2015 to the Prime Minister, and she sent that also to the um, Carolyn Bennett, Minister of Indigenous and Northern Affairs, and to Minister uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould, uh, Minister of Justice, and then later on she sent it to um, Minister Carla Qualtro, the Minister of Sport. Has anyone responded to her? No one has responded. Tell me what, if any, further action the accusers have taken? Like, where are they at with this right now? Well, they they did see, receive a couple auto replies, uh, and they received a couple of uh, 
notices that said this isn't our jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing from the prime minister's office. So, Kathy, uh, you know, it's really hard for people in Toronto to understand that this is a, a really northern uh, village in northern BC, and and a lot of people don't have a phone or don't know how to use. They don't have a computer or anything, right? So, and and actually, Kathy Woodgate has MS. So, just getting around, she has oxygen with her all the time, and she's in a wheelchair. And and so, what you and I think about it, you know, I'm going to phone the you know the EA for the minister. Well, she doesn't know that there's an executive assistant and she should be calling. And and, uh, it's just a very, very different world that First Nations people live in when they live in these remote villages. Throughout all of this, Laura, can you can you describe uh, what is happening sort of in in, in Canadian public life with uh, John Furlong's, I guess, public rehabilitation? Well, I don't, I'm not uh, privy to exactly what's going on for him. And, and he lives in Vancouver and I, and, and I don't. So I'm not sure. I, for sure, you know, the soccer season has started. He's continues to be the executive chair of the Whitecaps. And uh, Rio, you know, the athletes will go to Rio. So he's definitely commenting as chair of Own the Podium. I've read a number of stories uh, on the CBC website, for instance, uh, asking him, uh, global uh talking to him as chair of On the Podium and how our, how he thinks our athletes will do and what do you think the Zika virus will have, will that have an impact, et cetera. So he's sort of back in the mix as an acceptable pundit on sports matters, put him on the, on the air. And, you know, if you are one of his, I guess, how many accusers at this point? In total, we had 60 people 60. who were, now it's important to distinguish what they, what they said. Uh, most alleged that that he abused them. But there were also a segment who said that they witnessed him abusing others. And then there was another third group who said they reported him. Uh Uh-huh. And nowhere when he is on CBC commenting on sports is it said, of course, our next guest has been accused by 60 people of various types of uh, physical, verbal abuse. No, and Um, they wouldn't know that, though, because, of course, Justice Wedge uh, of the B.C. Supreme Court called their affidavits and, on the record, signed and dated statements hearsay. mm -hmm. So she disallowed that voice. It would be hard for the media to know that unless they read the Canada Land site. Well, that takes us to sort of the second part of this, because where Judge Wedge called them hearsay was in the ruling on your libel case, your unsuccessful libel case against John Furlong, where I know it was not a satisfactory outcome for you, not just because you lost the case, but because you you pointed out errors of fact in the judge's ruling. The part where this crosses over to the accusers, I guess, is that the accusers were not brought in to testify. They were not heard from. Their affidavits were not entered into evidence. And yet the ruling did go into detail about how they lacked credibility. Yeah, it, it and, went into fictional detail, right? Because the the judge definitely uh, put things in her decision that were in no way based on any kind of evidence, not anything anyone said or or any any paper, any doc- documents. And I sent all of that information. It took me all winter to write my letter to the Canadian Judicial Council because I did have I knew what the exhibits were. There were many exhibits before her. When she decided to comment on what the uh, First Nations people must have been thinking and that they did, in fact, have, because she said this will happen, that they will have false memory syndrome, that was all done on speculation because there was no evidence whatsoever before her to show that. Right. Okay, so this is what sort of one 
problem of many that you have with the ruling was that <clears throat> if you're going to say, you know what, this isn't about whether or not these accusations are right or wrong or exactly. the memories are good or bad. This is about whether or not John Furlong libeled and defamed Laura Robinson. We're not going to enter into evidence yes. any of these affidavits. The problem being that if you're not going to enter them in, how can you say that they all suffer from yes. false memory syndrome or that yes. they're hearsay or, you know. That, or that that I that no peers or siblings uh, spoke to me. And she made all kinds of uh, false conclusions. Right. And, 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 so. and you know, and uh, look, we get a lot of mail like, well, Jesse, you're obviously very much on side with Laura Robinson. This is something that's just a, a matter of, this is, there's an error. is an error, right? There, there like, were at least 50 errors. She, she said that, that you didn't speak to any corroborating the, the family, like you did. That's that's documented. And she's commenting on evidence that she did not accept as evidence. So there, there, there are some problems there. But, and this is the second thing I wanted to follow up with with you, is like where you're at with this. It didn't go your way. The ruling was problematic for you in, in I guess, 50, 50. Minimum. Minimum. <laughs> you know, you did not appeal. Yes, that's correct. What have you been doing? Is this sort of like, well, I know that you did not, this is not uh, done for you. No, it's completely not done for me. Of course not. Because uh, for me, the uh, we need to still tell the truth. And the truth was uh, very much not told in that decision. So I, I didn't appeal for a number of reasons, mo- mainly because heirs, in fact, uh, normally don't... Uh, an appeal court will not recognize errors, in fact, by a judge. They basically, what the judge says is the truth. Whether or not it's the truth doesn't really matter. Errors, in fact, are not very appealable. Uh, but there's the, gray area, right? <clears throat> like this, this is about whether or not the you will get your appeal. Right? You get your appeal. That's right. You can appeal, but whether the, you're going to win it, you don't. And it, I had six various lawyers, all of whom are very good at this, all tell me errors, in fact are not going to win you an appeal. Even if you've got 50 of them. Even if you have 50 of them. You would have to ask, what we would have to ask for was a brand new trial, uh, which I would I wanted to ask for. But, you know, I got really uh, physically sick uh, because of that um, mm-hmm. decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... Um, yeah, you didn't... I couldn't do it. Yeah. What have you been doing? Trying to get better. But you've been pursuing this matter. Yeah, I have been. I like I said, I I um I wrote my letter to the Canadian Judicial Council, and uh, everyone warned me that uh, this is not going. They're not going to suddenly go. Oh my gosh, a judge made a mistake. We better look into this. Uh, but I felt felt it was really important to show that this was the evidence before the judge, and this is what she wrote. You know, the evidence before the judge was that the serious crime unit from Edmonton came in, reviewed. Corporal Mackey's investigation of the sexual assault allegation by Bev Abraham. This is the RCMP officer who dealt with the sexual assault allegation. Yes, and was a a witness for Mr. Furlong at the trial. That team, the Serious Crime Unit from Edmonton, made 28 recommendations. 22 of them were to open new files of allegations of abuse made by First Nations people by John Furlong. It was right in the exhibit before her. Mm-hmm. Corporal Mackey said that he interpreted those 22 recommendations of new new files to be opened as, uh, well, it was general. It was just about general abuse, about Immaculata, if there was any, not just Mr. Furlong, and that's what he said in evidence, under oath. The judge changes that again to there was a review of the investigation, and recommendations made none of which concerned Mr. Furlong. 
when the RCMP say that there should be 22 new files opened and a judge has that before her and she says in her decision, none of which concerned Mr. Furlong, then I needed to take, I needed to let the Canadian Judicial Council know that she did that. Yeah. That, that, that she somehow came to that conclusion. Though somehow it, came to that Though conclusion. it was not in the RCMP documents at all. At all. So I, I, I needed that to be on the record. To this question of getting things on the record, it seems to me that you are still seeking satisfaction through the bureaucracy, through the criminal justice system, through the courts, which have given you no satisfaction and which you can demonstrate objectively have failed a basic level of factual accuracy. Why are you beating your head against the wall (laughs) when you by profession are a journalist? You can tell this story and demonstrate some people will never think that what you did was right. Some people will always think that for long, there's some witch hunt against for long, but you can go through the process and to anyone who cares to hear it, you can demonstrate where the courts just absolutely turned their back on the accusers and got facts wrong. It is so difficult to establish. You have to fight and pay and, and it, the, the, the time it takes, the impact on your health to just get consensus around some basic factual information. Why are you continuing to go this route? and not simply write your definitive account of this entire ordeal? Well, I'm not saying I'm not writing it. I can do more than one thing at once. Uh, there's been a change in the federal government, and before I completely give up on on the bureaucracy, I'm going to give that government a chance. Now, I find it absolutely appalling that the Prime Minister's office has not responded to Kathy Woodgate's letter. I mean, she has a petition about it. Uh, you know, this woman is... Uh, incredibly brave. I am very disappointed. There's no question about it in the Liberal government. On the other hand, I called Ralph Goodell's office yesterday because I reported the RCMP officer, Corporal Mackey, to Ralph Goodell's office because he, he uh, Ralph you know, Goodell being... Well, he's the minister responsible for public safety and yeah. that includes the RCMP. So, so I mean, Corporal Mackey's uh, Exhibit, the exhibits that came in, uh, there are the many contradictions we might say. Yeah, but it's been it's been validated by the courts. I mean, you know, you're not going to get anywhere with with. Well, I, I do think it's important. I I <laughs> I understand that a number of people are are reporting the RCMP uh, because I think that people have a little better trust or faith now in. The gov- this particular government, that they might actually do something. So I, I did report him. Uh, I, it was an extensive letter with all the evidence with it, uh, March 11th, uh, 2016. Haven't heard back. I talked to the, his office yesterday. They, you know, they said it's in the queue. But I think it's a very serious, very serious matter that, uh, that evidence uh, about a, a sexual abuse investigation uh, would be misrepresented under oath. If you could go back and do any of this differently, would you? From the very, very, very beginning? Mm-hmm. I think when when the Burns Lake Band Office asked me to send a flyer up, because they, you have to remember, uh, they talk about multiple abusers 
from Immaculata School. And there were other abusers in the community outside of the school. So they wanted me to zero in on a particular abuser. This came back to haunt you yes. when it was uh, when the judge found that you, it, it lent credibility to the idea that you were out to get, yeah, out to get furlong yeah. in that you faxed up. Was it a fax? It was an attachment that was never an email any attachment, more than where, an where, attachment. Where, you, where you you sort of like put out the call. Were you abused by this guy, John Furlong? It wasn't even like that. It was just a, a, a journalist is coming up uh, to talk to people. Uh, inve- she's investigating abuse. And then at the bottom, it said uh, she'd like to speak to people who went to Immaculata Prince George College and who had John Furlong. So, okay, right. I mean, I, I sent them what they asked for. They didn't put up in the RCMP uh, files. He, they asked them how they knew that I was coming. And, oh, well, a guy in Hazleton told me, oh, my brother told me, oh, my husband brought sure, her home. Sure, sure, sure. You know, the idea that there was a flyer identifying this abuser, John Furlong, and that created all these false memories yeah. is not actually accurate. Uh, you can demonstrate that that's not how people found out that you were coming up. But you're saying that if you could do anything differently, you wouldn't arm your future enemies with that. Who knew? With that yeah. attachment. I just said what I was asked for. I wouldn't do it anymore. Okay. That is obviously, you know, now that you know hindsight being twenty twenty, that, yeah. that that turned out to be something that could be used against you. But is there anything about reporting this through the Georgia Strait, though, that, though they did not have libel protection to offer you? Uh, anything about the way the story was told? Anything about how ra- rather than duke it out in the court of public opinion through your journalism, you came back at Furlong through the courts? Is there anything about this that you would do differently? I. Uh- it's, it's hard to say, but I think, you know, I was thinking about how effective it was for Canada Land to put the affidavits out there. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Georgia Strait was playing it very conservatively, right? They didn't put the sex abuse allegation in. Uh, I think if they had put a link to them, uh, and I know why they didn't, probably because their lawyer told them not to. Uh, <clears throat> I think that there would have been far less ways in which this story could be completely mistold because their voices would have really, instead of just excerpts out of the affidavits in the story, there would have been, the affidavits would have been right there. But, but you know, that wasn't my call, right? That was the editor's call. That was the publisher's call, really. Yeah. Well, I, and maybe this uh, is some unwanted criticism that I've introduced in our previous conversations, but if you're going to expose these allegations, they're serious allegations, they are reputation damaging, if not ruining allegations. And if you feel they're solid enough to present, I feel like you have to give the full spotlight to the accuser. The voice has to be the accusers because the the obvious defense, the counteraggression is to shoot the messenger and to make this about the journalist. Yeah. Not all of that was in your hands to control, but um, – it did seem that, the, you know, the original story being, I don't believe it was on the front page. No, they purposely didn't do that. You know, they purposely held the the yeah, paper back, in fact, you know. Lawyers are not good uh, journalists. So, it, I, I mean, the idea that it would de- decrease your liability, if you're the subject of a story like that, you know, it doesn't matter to you if you're on the front page or buried within that these allegations have been made, you know. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there, there have been um, a few other things. Like I, you know... We were very careful not to introduce hearsay in the trial. Uh, Furlong introduced a huge amount of hearsay, which the the trial judge took as evidence, right? He he had two press releases. Uh, she took them as truth. If we introduced an email from the... Um, the executive director of uh, Justice for the Forgotten, this has to do with the bombing uh, that he alleged that his 
father um, identified his uh, back in cousin, Ireland. Yeah, back so, in Ireland yeah. in '74. She wrote to me and said, "How could he possibly perpetrate this lie? I don't know how he did it." Jack Furlong was not there, and we never told Chiffon's mother that she died of a heart attack. I mean, her her email completely yeah. refuted. This but, is these are details going back. I mean, you 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 really dug deep into his own personal narrative uh, that he that he's told in his memoir about his you know violence back in Ireland. You, you know, and, and you yes, traveled exactly. there and found yeah. all kinds of inconsistencies there. That uh, so I wish we had um, said, uh, well, it's hearsay, but. Mr. Furlong's entered a lot of hearsay, and this, you know, she has to, then the judge would have to say, well, neither hearsay counts, but at least we should, I wish we'd had it on the record yeah. that that even if it was hearsay, but it, it ended up that, it, gosh, I mean, if a press release is seen as truth, then uh, you would hope that an email from an executive director of an organization that immediately refutes that press release would also be seen as truth. Okay, but you're talking about like in a, protracted legal battle with yes, thousands of strategic exactly. moves, the ones that didn't work out for you, would you, if you could go back in time, still counter sue? You know, no. I think I would have done what Mr. Furlong did, which is to hold a press conference and re- I would have released all of the statements, not just the eight affidavits, but the dozens of statements that came forward after that story came out, not just from First Nations people but from non-Native people to, who attended the school, who backed up exactly what the First Nations people said, from one of Mr. Furlong's ex-wives, who never recanted, even though he made it appear that she did. Uh, I would have just released all of that information, because I think it is, as you said, it's very important information. You know, the judge said that uh, we I wasn't allowed to even say how many people came forward after the uh, story came out. And she said, you know, whether it's 10, 20 or 30, what difference could it possibly make? That's her exact quote. Well, actually, um, a pattern of behavior does make a difference. Mm-hmm. And and uh, dozens of, of uh, allegations of abuse uh, shows a pattern of behavior. It becomes harder to rationalize some campaign of false accusation. <laughs> exactly. The more people independently are making those accusations. Yeah. So to that, which I, I you know, with all due respect to what you've gone through, which sounds pretty serious, that's the bigger story here that we still don't have. What did John Furlong do? He's not shedding any light on that, hasn't faced directly any of these accusations, hasn't spoken to his accusers. You are in possession of a lot more information than you've been able to report. Will we get a definitive account of what all of these people say he did? I believe you will. Quick update before we end the show. Uh, you heard us talk again and again about these letters that got un- unanswered, that uh, Kathy Woodgate uh, sent all these letters to the federal government, to different people in the federal government, to Justin Trudeau, to the Ministry of Indigenous Affairs, and to other places, and received no response. Um, there's an update. There was a response. Seven months after the letters were sent, Kathy Woodgate got a response from the Minister of Sport, Carla Qualtro. And... Besides rejecting Kathy Woodgate's call to remove John Furlong from uh, Own the Podium, the government sports organization, Minister Qualtro provided the current government's only response thus far on the John Furlong matter. And uh, I'm going to read to you from it. The minister wrote that the allegations against Mr. Furlong have been dealt with by the justice system. 
And she wrote that the government's sole response is that the court decision is definitive of the matter. And I can only assume that the court decision that she's referring to is the court decision in in the case of Robinson versus Furlong. And you just got to think about that for a second, because what she's saying is that a judge ruled that John Furlong didn't commit libel against Laura Robinson. And in the eyes of the Trudeau government, that ruling is definitive in the matter of whether or not John Furlong abused Indigenous children. That's your Canada Land Show. You can email me anytime. I'm at jesse at canadalandshow.com and I read everything you send me. I will respond when I can. We are on Twitter at Canada Land. Our website is canadalandshow.com and our crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. Canada Land Commons is out on Tuesday. Shortcuts is up on Thursday. The Imposter is up the following Tuesday. The show is produced by Katie Jensen. Syndication of Canada Land to campus and community radio across this country is handled by Russell Gregg. If you like what we do, please support us. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.